Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there's huge curiosity surrounding these topics, and we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared, and we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of corrections. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. From uniforms to uniforms. From Uniforms to Unicorns is sponsored by Brand 47 Coffee, which was founded by Holly and Alex, both first responders looking to create a sustainable business to pass on to their two sons with Down syndrome, Jax and Nico. Thinking about the future has always been in the forefront of their heads for their boys, creating meaningful employment and independence as adults. The only way to do that was to create it. Brand 47 Coffee Co. provides the most unique and fun-flavored coffee. Seriously, it is so good. Our Mine and Sharon's favorite is the Coco Loco. It's coconut-infused. It is to die for. All of their coffee is small-batched and roasted to order. They are incredible people doing incredible things. Their vision is to keep the world caffeinated, to stay special, and be extra. You can find them at brand47coffee.com. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm, we're freezing to death, though, right? Freezing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have my blankie, and I'm uh, yeah trying to warm up a little bit here. It's been a, a crazy couple of weeks of cold, COVID, Christmas, all the sea things. <laughs> all, so, the yeah. sea words. all the sea words. Well, we're yeah. back and happy new year. And we've got Carol Link today. She's joining us. Um, she was at Sask Pen and we're excited to have her. Mm-hmm. Her daughter wrote in and asked us, told us that she needed to be on our podcast. Yes. So <laughs> this is very exciting. Yes. Hi, Carol. Hi there. Hi, Carol. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you guys too. Awesome. Okay, so what, I'll start with, what led you to the crazy world of corrections? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for the first 10 years once I got married and had started having children. And we ran into a little bit of financial difficulties, and so I needed to I needed to work. And um, I tried a job at a hotel at the front desk, uh, making minimum wage, and realized that that wasn't going to cut it. And so my brother worked at Saspen, oh, nice. and so I had heard a lot about it. And of course, being from Prince Albert, which is a a prison town really. And so I knew a few other people that worked there and uh, knew that being a French speaking uh, female, that getting a job there probably would be pretty easy in, in, in that sense. And so uh, I applied and three weeks later I was employed at Saskatchewan penitentiary. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah. Crazy. Actually, uh, a good friend of ours uh, is from PA and he always used to say, you can't spell paradise without the PA. And, yeah. I, <laughs> and I remember I went to PA yeah. and went to have, I'm like, oh, that, so this, yeah, this is so you're kidding. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have our own little little um, paradise the, the way we look at it here. So. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, what year was that that you started? That was uh, in 1995, and um, it was uh, very scary to be honest. Um, I was I was a bit of a mouse. Um, as I said, I was a stay at home mom, so. I, I was used to bossing around children, but you know, <laughs> n- not many other people. And so yeah. go, going there was definitely a culture shock. Um, yeah. My brother was uh, hugely against it. Um, oh yeah. He, he, yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't think that it was a place for his uh, tiny little sister, uh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> older sister, but, but I, I'm not very big. And I think he thought that, um, it was an environment that he didn't want me in, mm-hmm. um, very protective of me. And I have a question, Carol, cause I think yes. this often, what would you say if your kids wanted to do that job or do oh, they? <laughs> yeah, no, no, they don't. Um, they don't. Okay. No, they don't. Um, my sons do not have the temperament for, for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they're just not suited for that kind of work. And so for them, it was never, ever in the realm that my daughter, Stephanie, the one who wrote to you, uh, mm-hmm. would be the one that would have the character that might want to work there, but, uh, she's a theater, uh, arts lover oh, and wow. has never wanted to do anything else. So it was never in doubt. Right. Uh, it, it was never a question of them going there. It, it just never happened. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very happy. Um, yeah. As a female, I, I feel like I belong there. But at the same time, a lot of the things that I've seen and done um, are not things that I would want my daughter to go through. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so when it you know, was apparent that, this, that she wasn't going to want to work there, I was, I was pretty happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as time has gone on, 27 years later, um, I definitely would not recommend my children to work there. Mm-hmm. It's not a yeah. very nice place to work right now. And, um, I mean, once COVID is over and things have settled down, it might, might be a little bit better, but, um, I am glad that they, that they never, they never pushed the, I mean, if they had pushed the issue, I, I, you know, I would have supported them and, and it would have been fine. But, um, for me, it, it was a lifesaver and, um, yeah, I'm, you know, retired, own my yeah. own um, I, I can't there's nothing not, nothing negative about me working there nothing right yeah. yeah you just there's different things that you want for I remember telling my mom and she was just like uh no yeah no, no. that that is yeah. not happening yeah it, it was it was very difficult for my mom actually of course. um yeah. she she worried like unbelievably uh oh, within yeah. five months of working there we had a hostage taking oh, wow. uh, a guy that i went on core with actually he'd only been there a little bit of time and i hadn't even heard about it it was in the days before social media and all that and right but it went on the radio and i never listened to the radio and somebody called my mom <laughs> oh, and, no. and i wasn't even at work and and my brother uh, my sister phoned me and said you need to call mom like she is freaking out and I couldn't even talk to her 
I couldn't even talk to her. She was crying. She was, and I, you know, I said, I'll call you back when you're, I'm okay. I'm at home. I'm all, I'm fine. And, uh, when I called her back, I said, you, you can't, you can't do this every time something happens. Um, and as time went on and, you know, nothing happened, um, she became easier with it. I don't think it ever was out of her mind though, that it's a possibility that things could happen, but it made me hypersensitive about when things were happening there. I made sure that she knew. Uh, when we had, yeah. yeah, when we had the riot in 2016, um, I was at work that day and, and, uh, I was able to call out and I called my son and I said, you call grandma and you call her. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fine. Whatever's happening here, it's going to be worse when I get home. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was difficult for the, for the family and, um, and your brother's but, there. So, I mean, there, there's a lot, yes. of, a lot of people mm-hmm. she loves yes. in the same, you know, shitty yeah. situation. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like I say, as time went on and, um, we were both fine, uh, she kind of grew into it and, and, and was okay with it. And, uh, you know, I, I think she would tell you that she's pretty proud, uh, yeah. you know, that I, I did it and, and she would tell people how tough I am and yeah. <laughs> as, if, as if she even knew, you know, and, uh, so it's kind of funny, um, mm-hmm. how, how she was very proud of, of the fact that I worked there and that I, I did well there and, and it was all good. So, cool. so that, mm-hmm. awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I, I like to ask that question just cause I know my mom's experience and I know Sharon's mom too. Yeah. Will always just be like, don't tell me, I don't want to know. Yeah. yeah. It's probably better that I don't know. Right. And I don't. So. And, that, and my mom, like she didn't know, which is, it, it's almost better cause I was in a different city, but I always used to say like, you know, you you're on your shifts and you're working and two days go by and you haven't called your mom back. And I was always like, Oh, there's the helicopter circling my house. Like, yeah. <laughs> my mom's called in <laughs> and then you call and you're like, I'm good, mom. I'm fine. Yeah. Right. But yeah, <laughs> they never yeah. stop worrying though. Yeah. No, totally. no. And you know, I always told her about if something did happen, they would be notified. Like yeah. if mm-hmm. she's not hearing anything, it probably means that it's all good. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. And so it, it's just a matter of her getting used to the idea, right? Because right. it's such a foreign, the prison world is, is a different world, right? It's a world yeah. that 99% of people never even get a glimpse at. Well, and it's, and, it's so unknown, right? Yeah. Especially 95 all the way up to whenever Orange is the New Black came up. Nobody knew anything about prison, no. right? And then there was this sensationalized show and everybody was like, oh my God, is that what you do? And it's like, well, not kind of, but not really, right? <laughs> yeah. We always feel like yeah. it, it's not sexy. It's not like hot. It's gross and dirty and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So yes. it, it's funny. So you you worked uh, at SaskPen for 27 years, I actually put in 25, but it, 25. I, I've been retired for about a year and three quarters here. So it'll be 27 years since I, w- I started April 1st of 95. So it'll be 27 years in April Wow, that wow. I was there. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. So in 95, did they have the women's part? Of- Not yet. Okay. So uh, tell no, us about did, that. They didn't have the female unit yet. Uh, we did have, get this. We had when I arrived, I think there were three or four females that lived in the back of the prison hospital. 
Oh, really? really? Like inmates, it, not staff. Yeah, inmates. No, not staff. <laughs> well, you never know. No, right? you never know. You never know. Uh, but yeah, outside inmates. the prison in their cars sometimes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, but these were women that had gotten federal time, and at that time there was no EIFW, mm-hmm. right? Right. So there was nowhere for these women to go other than far, far away. Right. Yeah, people so, were. I, I don't know whose bright idea that was, but they decided that they were going to house these women in the back of the prison hospital. Wow. And it was, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. They, they let them out for exercise with the guys. Well, what do you think you're doing yeah. walking around the yard? Where's the female? Where's the female? Oh, she's disappeared. Let's go in the curling shack. It was like, it was crazy. And these women were crazy because yes. they were the, the federal type inmate yeah. that's locked up 23 hours a day in a tiny little cell. So you, you can imagine their mental health was not, not the greatest. And so when I first arrived, this was happening. And so I got my first, um, you know, toe in the water with women. And, um, and then that didn't last very long. I I don't really remember exactly how long, but not, not a long, long time that they were gone because it was just unattainable. Like, I mean, it was, it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, a year later, a year and a half later, then we got the female unit and, they asked for volunteers to go there. Um, I was fairly new. I'd only been there a couple of years. I was just finding my way in, in the male population. And I felt that it would be very disruptive for me to go there. And so I thought, I'm going to wait. And if everybody that goes there thinks this is the cat's meow, well, then, you know, maybe I'd go there. Uh, yeah, no, not, not, not even close. <laughs> Nobody once thought it was the cat's meow, did they? <laughs> no, no. And um, then they, they put cores through of females. So there was enough females mm-hmm. to go there to work. So they didn't really need every, every one of us, all the females that were at the main. So I never actually had a line there. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I can tell you out of 10 shifts, I probably got called over there eight, eight mm-hmm. or nine out of the 10 shifts. I would get called over there, whether it was to work because they were short or because there was a catastrophe happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> a calamity of some sort. And I was going to say sending like a new core of female corrections yeah. officers in is like, it was awful. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's a setup. It's set yeah, up, set up, right? That's like sending it a new is. core down to the secure unit. In yeah. Our, yeah. And right? I mean, and we, yeah. and we, we ended up working with some of the, the, the people you're, you're spe- like working Absolutely. with the inmates. Yeah. And so that's I know, yes. Yeah. And I know, so we know like the shit show it must've been right. <laughs> the well, show. And, and it was an absolute shit show because mm-hmm. everybody was running by the seat of their pants. Nobody knew what they were doing. Like mm-hmm. you say, the staff was all fairly new. They, mm-hmm. they didn't put any really uh, veteran people in there. Well, they did. Well, and I say, I, I think of them as veterans because they became veterans. But at the time, they weren't really veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd maybe been there like me, two, three years. And then you're, you're thrust into that. And dealing and, with men and women is so different, right? It's well, like- I often say I would rather deal with 500 men. <laughs> than three women it, yes. it was it's such Agreed. an emotional uh, yeah 
roller coaster. I mean, mm-hmm. a man, he gets mad. You see it. He punches the wall. He swears a little bit and you're probably done. Mm-hmm. But the women, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I why? I'm going here, man. Like two minutes ago, you were telling me you love me. And now it's like, you want to kill me. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it, it, it was, it was nerve wracking going to work because you think, Oh gosh, I hope I don't get called to go there. (laughs) And then all of a sudden somebody would kind of whisper, there's problems in the female unit. Fuck. There's problems in the female unit. I have to go home. I'm not going to go. Yeah, exactly. So those, those years were, were very yo-yo ish, you know? And uh, I know one year, uh, New Year's day, uh, they decided to have a bit of a party and then they decided to turn it into a bit of a riot and they broke all the windows and it was like wow. minus 30 outside. And then they had to move them and stuff. And they, they moved them to the prison hospital again. There was, I think four of them, three of them. My God. And there was only two of us females on my crew at that time. So where did I work for the next three months? Mm-hmm. The prison hospital with these three women because they didn't want the men to have to deal with them. Wow. And, uh, and not that I was upset about that. You know, like I understood why it had to be Lori yeah. and I. Yeah. Um, but that was <laughs> because now we had to deal with all the other but you got to work it's... with Lori Noje, right? Like, yes, put silver lining in that. Yeah, actually, that was a different Lori because oh. I believe at that time, I believe Lori Noje was actually in the female unit. Oh, okay. Wasn't on on the at uh, uh, like working with the medium security guys. Got you. So this other Lori and I, we were the ones. We were the only females on my crew at that at that time. So we ended up working in the prison hospital for three months, every shift, every, every day, every day, every day, every day. Oh, exhausting. Getting, getting yeah. threatened with, um, mop, <laughs> mop handles. And yes. it's like, Oh Lord. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't fun. So when they, when they told us that they were leaving, it was like, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> time. So how many time. women did you have in the women's unit at any, like, cause I, is it more of like a segre? I've never been to saucepan. So you might have to explain, is it, it a segregated unit? It is. Um, it used to be our mental health unit. Mm-hmm. It's three floors with uh, four cells on the bottom floor each and two sides, right? Yeah. Um, and then five cells, I think, on each uh, range in the top two floors. So I think we ran about, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it was, it was not very many, you know, 10. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it, it went as high as 20, 25... And when oh, you're dealing wow. with that in a small, small area, mm-hmm. um, and let's face it, there was, there was barely a yard. There was nothing mm-hmm. for them to do. Um, we did, they did start like sewing classes and mm-hmm. craft things. And I still have crafts from, from the inmates there that made, mm-hmm. that I would buy for my kids for Christmas toys and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, but it was a volatile environment, right? Yeah. So they, it didn't they, they operate optimally most of the time right because it was like well these guys can't be together this can't happen okay Mm -hmm. sewing classes canceled right yeah well absolutely because you guys know about about the the incompatibilities right i mean you you might have seven groups in a group of 20 yeah you know because nobody can be with anybody Mm -hmm. so the logistics of of managing that as a staff 
is extremely stressful and yeah. difficult because if you make a mistake, the, mm-hmm. it's catastrophic. We had that member, Sharon. They let yeah. two inmates out at the, it was the way they brought one out to do something and then they brought one out to clean. And it was like, yeah. oh shit, here we go. And we Chaos. were all like, as soon as the inmates started walking, we're like, and here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, and, it's, yeah. And, and then they hold that grudge to that other piece with, with some of the female offenders, they've, they've got this grudge and they hold this grudge. Like I, I said, I was talking once to a lifer and new people came in and she was like, oh my God, I hate this. And I'm like, but you've been in for 10 years. Like, how can you... <sighs> and then she's like we got beat from the streets i'm like so like 15 years ago (laughs) yeah (laughs) like you need to start like centering yourself and letting shit go right (laughs) she's like oh but that's that women don't do that no they absolutely don't and that's like it's huge because it's so like you said emotionally driven like a lot of their decision making yeah well, and, and, you know, as females, we all know that certain times we don't feel very good and we, and some are, you know, some women have that worse than others. And so you put that in someone who's got very little impulse control, very huge anger management issues, and you add all that into it. And it's a recipe for disaster. It's it's an absolute recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. And it was a disaster at Saspen. It really was. They wrecked that place. I don't know how many times I I, I got called one time. You got to get over there right now. There's huge problems. Well, I opened the door and the water is pouring. Like I'm talking, (laughs) I'm in three inches of water pouring down the stairs. And I'm like, what the hell is going on, man? And, you know, then you got to suit up because now they've started a fire. So yeah. you got to suit up and yeah, not good. Not good. Not good. No. no. So we were all very, very happy when like everybody was, was happy. The girls that, that those girls that were there right from day one, when they came out of there, you know, a lot of the, there was a lot of um, from the guys that worked with the, with the guys, they call, you know, <laughs> I got mad one time because they were a bunch of pussies over there. They play cards with them and they do this and they do that. And they let them do this and let them do that. And I said, until you go work there and you tell me how you supposed to work there, you shut Mm -hmm. your mouth Mm -hmm. because those girls and those girls came out of that female unit with only maybe five years, four years experience. In reality, they came out of there with 10 to 15 years experience Mm -hmm. because they went through more in one week than we went through in a year, you know, and the guys didn't understand that they didn't understand what was going on there Mm -hmm. and how difficult it was. So when those girls came out of there, the girls that had been there right from the beginning and didn't know any different, they, they thought they were in Mexico, (laughs) right? You know, they thought this was the best holiday they ever had working with these men, you know, yell lock up and they all lock up and it's all good, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, And those girls, they, they could talk a guy down from anything because Mm -hmm. that's what they've been doing their whole career. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so they became very good guards, you know, in a male population because nothing phased them <laughs> they had seen it all and, and they were they were they were acclimatized to it so to them this was a, a, a walk in the park 
Mm -hmm. Working in a medium security institution with 500 inmates was a walk in the park for those girls. I I remember when I left, when I left corrections, uh, in 2012, every, we had moved to cameras and everyone's like, well, why don't you just go work at the the prison in Hobima? It's like immense medium lore. And that would be like the easiest job yeah. in the world for you. I'm like, <laughs> it probably would be right. Yes. Like, yes. It would be very simple that I didn't want to go back to corrections. I didn't want the commute because the commute was still about an hour, but even I, I contemplated it a few times because I thought that probably would be so easy mm-hmm. and so fun. Right. Like compared yeah. to what I came from, totally. um, but I didn't know any better. But I, I, as I listen to other people's stories now, I'm like, huh, maybe that would have been my thing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I left and transferred to a men's medium in Bowdoin. And oh, yeah. yeah, it was so different. Like I was like, I'm stupid. I should have done this first. Right. Cause I did 12 or 13 years in female, like in women's corrections oh. to, I think about a year at Bowdoin. And I was just like, I'm dumb. And I was talking to a guy with the same amount of time in, and I was telling him some of the experiences and he's like, I've never done any of that. Like it's nope. just here and we're just chill. Right. Uh, it's yeah. not like that at Bowdoin, I should say anymore. Like the, the environment has changed, but then it was like my first day there was a fight and the, the inmate came up to me and said, sorry, boss, and put yeah. his hands out to be handcuffed. And I'm like, what's happening? Is this not, is this not an ongoing like, poke your eyeballs poke, out? Yeah, yeah. Or like punch me or, you know, yeah. start. And then like, he just walked over to SAG on his own, like the whole, and I, and they were like, okay, you need to be relieved to your, like a OSO and a report. I'm like, what? To say what? Like, what would my... <laughs> report say and I'm like is this the end of it like because if we did that with a female and walked her over to first of all we would be we would be dragging her to stag yeah and that incident would go on for the next 24 hours right we would have to pull out the camera yeah headbanging there would be panel boards there would be (laughs) slashing shit smearing and when I said is that it and I was relieved to write a report I was like I don't even know what to say because some of my reports back at, you know, EIFW, good old EIFW were like two and three pages long, right? Yeah. Yeah. Page six of 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember writing that at the top sometimes. Yes. Like, and then oh. you're like, on the 17th hour, right? And this yeah. report is like, what do I say? He walked up to me and I handcuffed him. <laughs> this ends this writer's involvement, right? Two yeah. sentences later. <laughs> <laughs> yep wow crazy okay so i don't even know this do they still have a women's unit at test pen no they, no, they haven't good. since then okay so probably 90 98 99 somewhere in there they've never had one since but they've oh, had nice. women there since then no i don't i don't think so hmm. oh, okay yeah, I, thought so- we sent, I thought we sent the one there a couple times I no, don't think we so. Said, no, we said to uh, RPC. Oh, yes. RPC. RPC. You're yeah. right. That's where we said. Yeah. That's oh, that was our exchange program. <laughs> you take this. You take these two. We'll take that one. We'll and take then, one. Yeah. Two yeah. for one. <laughs> Actually, it's probably two thousand because okay. I got called there to do a translation thing, and and I was in intake at that time, and I didn't start intake till two thousand. So they had to have been there at, in 2000. Got you. But, oh, but okay. not, not very long after that. 
Great. Very, very mm-hmm. short time after. You're that. right. I'm I'm confusing RPC and SAS yeah. is totally what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so at SAS Pen, so you said you did intake. What what else did you do there? Um, what other areas? I, I I did intake for seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. I worked in A and D, admitting and discharge for a year and a half. And I did separate stints in visits and correspondence for five years. Oh wow. Mm. Yeah. So I love, I, I love BNC. That yeah, was my well, favorite job. Me yeah. too. Yeah. You too? That was your yeah. favorite out of all? Yeah. I, I was the sector coordinator there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it for two years. I, well, actually in 90, uh, 99, I did it for a year as a CX1, you know, doing the mail, doing the phone, all that. And then um, I went back in 2009 as a sector coordinator when the global agreement said that there had to be a sector coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so I was in charge there for two years. Then I took a two-year break and went back on the floor. And then I did two years at the VNC at the max, okay. which was, which was my favorite job of anything I've ever done. Huh, how come? Uh, predominantly the staff, Yeah. Uh, the staff that I worked with at the max, I, some good friends of mine. And uh, I ended up with a crew that was unbelievable there. Oh, and uh, my CX1s were amazing. Uh, the CX1 that was in charge of all movement, who I had a lot to do with and work, the work lady, uh, were spectacular. The clerks were fabulous. I had such good correctional managers that backed me up, um, would ask me, what would you like me to do about this situation? And I'd tell them and they'd say, so okay, helpful. let's do that. And, you know, it made the experience spectacular because I, I had never worked at the max. I had worked shifts or two here and there at the max. Mm-hmm. And it always kind of scared me a little bit. Well, not when it was an actual, when it, when it was um, a shoe, mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. it, that was fine because the movement was very limited and it was, you know, uh, very, very controlled. Right. But when it became an actual max, then there was a lot it more changes, movement right? and it was a lot freer and it was, a, to me, it, it was scarier, uh, going there as, as VNC, uh, of course I didn't, I wasn't static security, so right. I didn't have to deal with all of that. Um, although when there was an incident, I usually went, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I, I had been through some incidences, but being at the max is a whole different ball of wax, right? Things right. happen there that don't happen at the main. And, um, the, the, the level of problems there was, was a lot higher than, than say the VNC at the main, because these guys are, they just want their way and they want to do what they want to do. And they're going to try to scam you as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing that I had lots of experience by the time I got there because they tried everything with me. And, you know, I had a couple of them say to me, like, don't you ever like give up? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> nope, I don't, if it's the right thing to do, I am not giving up. And so, you know, I mean, you, you gain some enemies that way, but you also gain a lot of respect because Absolutely. they realize that if they're doing something wrong and you catch them and you bring it to them, they're like, all right, I'm done. You know, I, I, I've been, I've been busted and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so consequently it, it was with the good staff that I had, I mean, we caught a lot of drugs coming in and, mm-hmm. 
money laundering. We had one money laundering thing that happened that we were, we were on top of it. And the, you know, the SIO was going, Holy cow, this is like spectacular. Um, so, you know, it, to me, it was exciting. It it was, um, it, it was challenging. You know, it was every day was a different day and a different problem and a different solve, you know, mm-hmm. you had mm-hmm. a problem, you solved it, felt good about it. Um, but it was mostly the staff that mm-hmm. I just happened to be around people that were spectacular mm-hmm. and that I loved and that cared about me and I cared about them. And, and we worked together as a team. And um, I mean, that, that it was like that at the main also in, in my VNC. This was just a, a level up. Yeah. As far as just very different. Right. And, yeah. and the expectations yeah. change when you go right. from one unit to another. Right. And right. you're just like, I don't know what to expect. This is if it's bad, I'll do my three months and 29 days and then yeah. I'll get the hell out of here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how I always was. Okay. I can do this for three months and 29 days. And then after that, I get to decide if I'm going further <laughs> or if I'm not. So yeah, I totally, I totally yeah. know. But yeah, I love BNC was probably my favorite. And like you said, there's a level of manip- manipulation that comes, yep. uh, understanding because when they want their letters and they want their phone calls or they want someone approved on the phone thing or to come into the institution, they are relentless mm-hmm. and you really got to be able to, to stand your ground in those situations because the second you do it for one, everyone's coming yeah. up to the main building. To yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you, we always said, you know, that there's things, some things are more important to inmates than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like food is important to them, you know, that kind of thing. And they're people, they're people, mm-hmm. they're, they're visitors, whether it's letters, phone calls, whatever yeah. their visits, that is probably one of the most important things to them. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're messing with that, mm-hmm. you're going to get nothing but grief. Totally. But if you're, if you're doing what you need to do for them, but also mm-hmm. letting them know that you're not going to let them cross the line, mm-hmm. then they're going to, they're going to do what they need to do for you. And yeah. so to me, it was always a give and take. If I'm an asshole to, to inmates constantly, what do you think they're going to be to me? Yeah. They're going to be assholes mm-hmm. to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so, and, and not that they got away with anything. They didn't. Right. But, um, they, and they knew that, you know, mm-hmm. after a while they get to know what they can get away with and what they can't. And, you know, sometimes they just go, Oh, come on, Carol. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. See you later, buddy. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And you know, what's so funny. I remember when visits would happen, they're like, we hate it when you're in that. Cause we had like a little room off the side that watched all the visits and everything. Yeah. And, and they weren't allowed to like buy things at the vending machine and they weren't allowed to touch my, like things like that. And I was just on it. Right. Like I'm doing my work, <laughs> watching the camera and I'm like, Hey, and they're like, God, we hate it when you're in there. Lauren. <laughs> Just let me touch a loony. I'm like, no, yeah. you're not allowed to touch a loony. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. They're like, oh. And they, yeah. sometimes they would do it just to see if I would catch it. And then yeah. see if you were on. They're like, they're like, you missed it. I touched the loony, Lauren. I'm like, oh, yeah, you did? I missed it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know, my, my favorite was when they were getting too close. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd let them go for like, a, you know, not a minute, but a little bit there just so they kind of thought that maybe they were getting away with it. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go on the intercom and you'd call her name. <laughs> and, they'd just do the old... <laughs> and then, and then if you were listening, cause in those days we could listen 
you know, if you were listening to see what, 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 what they'd say about you, um, <laughs> a lot of times quite entertaining actually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a lot of fun there too. And, and, uh, one of the guys that I worked with in VNC at the main, uh, he was the best VNC officer I ever saw. He, he could catch stuff like you wouldn't be look, 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 they're going to do a pass. They're going to do a pass. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Oh, there it is. And he would, he would catch guys like you wouldn't believe. And, uh, and they hated him. They hated him mm-hmm. because they, you know, they couldn't get away with stuff. Yeah. So to me, to me, it, that made it very interesting. VNC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. That so, was did, so you left in 2020, you retired in 2020. Yeah. So the pandemic yeah. had started. Yes. How was I, that? <laughs> Is that what, was that you're like, I'm out. Um, no, um, I had had, uh, uh, knee replacement surgery in 2018. Mm-hmm. And when I, I knew that I only had about two years left and I decided that I would like to finish my time out at our farm annex. Mm. Well, it's not a okay. farm annex anymore. A minimum security, mm-hmm. um, unit outside the walls. And so they allowed me to do that. So my last two years I worked there, mm-hmm. um, and it saved me because I was done. I was mm-hmm. done Men- well, mentally. Yeah. You I, felt I done. Was, yeah. Yeah. I, I was done. Uh, the last six months I worked inside the main, I want to hurt people. Um, yeah. you know, like guys would do stuff and, and the inmate had changed, right? There was, there was no more respect for staff. Even that does change little, significantly. Little, hey, yeah. Like, you know, I'm a little old lady and you're, you're giving me grief here, man. Like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And I was used to getting a fair amount of respect from inmates to a certain degree. Right. And all of a sudden these young punks are like, they're calling me on things and stuff. They're not doing what I'm asking them to do. And, and I, I literally like a couple of times, you know, my coworkers are going, okay, you're not doing the next bunch, man. You're not doing the next bunch. Cause if, if something goes down, down there, you're going to hurt somebody. <laughs> and they were, I don't even know if they're worried about me so much as about the other guy. <laughs> Cause, uh, Cause I, I had my knickers in a knot, like the whole, you know, the, the whole shift, I was, I was not happy. And did you and, take that home with you? Um, I live alone. Okay. At that time I lived alone. And so not really, actually, no, not, not yeah. really. I, I have a lot of outside interests. That's um, good. What it did for me though, is it made me tired. Like mm-hmm. I was just tired. I was tired mm-hmm. mentally. I was tired physically. All I really wanted to do was stay home, read a book, mm-hmm. uh, watch my sports, you know, do that kind of stuff. So if I had a significant other at home or kids at home or whatever, it might not have been pretty yeah, because right. I was not in a very good frame of mind. Mm-hmm. And so going to the minimum, knowing that it's my last two years, it's my last place that I'll work. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden we have a saying in French, uh, it changes the hurt places like it. I don't even know how to say it in English, but you know, it, it changes your attitude when you change your circumstance. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden I was in a much more relaxed, the inmates are saying good night to you. The first, the first, uh, count I did at nine 30 at night, I, you know, go into the house and the inmate goes like, good night girl. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> good night. You're saying good night to me. Uh, I look at my partner and he, he says, good night. 
oh, okay, good night. So I say good night. Well, pretty soon, every you know, 150 inmates like good night, good night, good night. It's like, what? I'm in the twilight zone, man. You'd, you'd, totally. you'd get it. You'd get an fu, you know, because mm-hmm. you're asking them to stand up at the main, and they they don't want to. And mm-hmm. so it really relaxed me, and it allowed me to to do my last two years in a relative uh, calmer state. And also I am not a physical, I can be physical if I need to be, but I am more of a talker. Mm -hmm. And when you're working with minimum security offenders, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. That, that is your job is to talk to them, to try to get them ready for when they leave. You talk to them about their families. You talk to them about their programs. You talk to them about what they're doing. You talk to them about, I'm I'm a huge hockey. I'm a hockey player. I, I love hockey. And so I would go out. I, we even went out and skated with the inmates a couple of times and, uh, and they thought that was the coolest thing on earth. Right. And Mm -hmm. so the different mentality in their minds, right. They're, they're, they're focused on being pro social. It's not this us versus them mentality. I remember that with our minimums very much like most of them are, most of our information came from them. uh, Right. Because they're, they're looking either, either this is their, their life home and they've been moved to minimum after a certain amount of time Yeah, or they're, they, they really are trying to build something so that they can continue doing that as they get released. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I finally felt that, um, not that I wasn't comfortable in my other jobs, but I felt like this is really who I was. The job Mm -hmm. that I was doing there is really that and, and VNC. Um, I did a lot of that when I was in intake too, because there you have to talk to guys and there you have Mm -hmm. to find out a lot of things about them and, and you have to gain their trust there because they're scared. Well, you don't have to gain their trust. You, you try and gain their trust so that you can prepare them to be decent inmates when they go out into population. And so there was a lot of talking there too, but I, I just found for the last two years of my career, being where my mind was at, that being in the minimum really saved me. I don't know if I'd have lasted the two years if I'd have been at the main, I really don't. I, I just was, was done. I mean, 23 years in Maine that's and maximum and dealing with corrections. Women, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That is, like, that yeah. is so good, good right? Yeah. You deserve that's... those last two years yeah. at the minimum to just, it's almost like an exit like strategy to say, yes. I'm yes. not going to leave here angry. I'm not going to leave Which here damaged, right? I'm going to leave here on a space of calm and right. which I think is incredible. Like it that is. is so cool. And that's what I was going to ask. Like, did you recognize that inside yourself where you said it's time, this is time for me to, you know, chill out like, like you said, do my two years and just come out calmer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, did- I mean, the plan was, see, I, I, I'm not too smart in some things, but, uh, in this, I was bang on early, early, early on. Mm-hmm. I knew that 25 was probably going to be enough. I, mm-hmm. I felt in my bones that, and I feel that today that people should not work there longer than 25 years. It's damaging Mm -hmm. to your, to your health. It's damaging to your mental health. Mm -hmm. And so that's always been my goal was the 23rd of June, 2020. That was, that was it. Everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, people, you talk to people and they go, well, I don't know, maybe I'll do another, this. I want my best five years. I want my my best. And then you get a new contract and then they do another five. And it's like, I know you have to go. Yeah. So, so I knew, 
Yeah. It's huge to know that, to have that self-awareness, to Mm -hmm. know that and to protect your mental health. And the other thing you spoke to and other people we spoke to, especially uh, corrections, you spoke to that outside interest piece Mm -hmm. because that's what I always see the people that have the sanest uh, mental health or they're protecting have outside interests. And you said like hockey is one of yours. What else do you, yeah. I, um, I got involved in the theater when my children got involved in the theater. Um, ah, cool. Uh, cool. In the nineties, uh, my, mm-hmm. my son and my daughter uh, were really involved in the theater and they convinced me they were doing Scrooge actually. And my son was tiny Tim and my daughter was Kathy Cratchit. And um, they, they convinced me to go with them in this play, in this musical. And uh, oh, that wow. started, that started me on this, this odyssey of, uh, of, uh, being in musical theater. And wow. I, so I've done eight, eight of those big, big, big productions. Cool. And, um, I was actually the wicked witch of the West in, uh, <laughs> That's in, cool. uh yeah, wizard of Oz. <laughs> so that was spectacular. So I do, I sing a lot. I belong before I started working. I had joined a choir, a French choir, which has become my lifeline. Um, still, still sing with, with some of the people there. We sing at church every Sunday and, um, so lots of music, lots and lots of music, Mm -hmm. uh, sports, big, big, big into sports. And I read, I have my own library and I read a lot. And, um, and you know, I have friends from different areas. I, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of my co-workers who only have friends from work. And so they ultimately only ever talk about work and they never Mm -hmm. get out of that mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. And because of my belonging to the choir and then going into the musical theater, um, I have a lot of friends in the arts and a lot of friends that, that were maybe parents of my children's friends and stuff. And so I, I was, I was able to separate myself from my work very easily. Right. Um, you know, whether it was because I was doing these other things or because I was with people that didn't know anything about corrections and they don't want to talk about corrections. Mm-hmm. Well, they might want to talk about it, but I didn't really particularly want to talk. They want about to hear it, the right? story that they heard yeah. on the radio yeah. earlier that day from your <laughs> point of view, but other yeah. than that, they don't give a shit about yeah. anything. No, right? they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so that really, really, really helped me is to stay involved mm-hmm. with all those. And I played hockey till 2017 till my knee forced me out. Wow. And, uh, so, so, you know, good. yeah. And, uh, and you know, that really was good too, because I was with younger people. Those were, there was a lot of the daughters of the guys I worked with on that team. When we started, mm-hmm. I, I actually started that team at work. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided that we were going to, there was a nurse that played hockey and I was like, what? There's a female, like I knew there was a female hockey team in town, but I said, well, I wonder if we can get enough girls from here. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of us here. And, and I was getting guys coming up to me. Hey, I've got a daughter who plays hockey and she'd oh, love cool. to play with you. And the one, she was like 15 years old and, and, um, she ended up to be pretty high up in the food chain with corrections. And yeah, my daughter plays hockey. And I said, uh, you do realize who plays on this team. And she's going, Oh, what do you mean? I'm going like, we're all Pengars, man. There's going to be a lot of swearing. There's going to be a lot of drinking. Lori Noje was playing with us. She was the most, oh, Lori. She was the most hilarious. I missed her so much when she left. And so, you know, we would go out. And even though some of us 
had correction connections on the team, there was still enough people from the outside that it wasn't about that anymore. It was about just being out there and being friends. And, and, um, and for me, you know, towards the end, I'm old, I'm in my fifties. I'm 54 years old and I'm playing with 25 year olds and 30 year olds. And and it's fantastic. It's, it was, it's, it's fantastic. It keeps me young and, um, you know, uh, yeah. So, and that's saved you from taking all, all the stuff. overtime too. I found when I was involved in things, it was like, Oh no, I can't take overtime. I'm, I'm committed to this. Mm-hmm. And it actually was, yeah, <laughs> I, no, it wasn't overtime. It was calling in sick every time because they're like, we have a game next Friday. We got a game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, we, oh. I, like you, we start, I started a, a team like we did soccer and, and ball, ball hockey and some people did basketball. We didn't, but that it was like a whole bunch. Of, I played basketball with Tammy. Oh, you did. Yeah. yeah a whole I, did. Bunch I sprained of, my ankle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a whole bunch of guards and then no regular people. It was so fun though. So, it was so fun. I hear you on that. And yeah. And Lori knows Jay, the most outrageous person I've ever met in my life. Like <laughs> I would love to see Noja on a pair of skates. Just like, yeah, no well, doubt. It was hilarious. At the, at the, I got a funny story about her. Please. At, yes, please. Um, <laughs> she, she didn't know the rules very well of hockey. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you try and teach her, okay, this is icing and, and this is offside and an and offside confounded her. <laughs> I don't know why, but she couldn't get it through her head. And so she'd go in the zone and, and she would stay there and we would be just screaming at her. Get out! Get out! She'd be looking at us with a big smile on her face going, what, what are, what are, what are you guys doing? And be like, you know, and after about the 500th whistle of offside because she was still in the zone she's like i don't understand how this all works <laughs> I, you know what i'm a hockey mom and i don't every time they blow the whistle i'm like what was that but is my kid going yeah. to the penalty box again like, no lord it's an offside i'm like i don't even yeah. know what that is yeah but oh she was just priceless man i i loved her Mm-hmm. She was so good on the bench and she was in the dressing room. She was fantastic. And, and, uh, and she actually became a, a decent hockey player, you know, mm-hmm. from somebody that had never played and, uh, you know, fairly athletic and, and, uh, but just, just a lot of fun. And, mm-hmm. uh, yes. those are, you know, memories that you can't. Oh, my, my favorite memory is sharing uh, us coming out of the change room at a ball hockey team. And we had had like quite a big brawl on the, like on the course yes. and, and my my boyfriend had come from winnipeg and he was watching and everything and he's like okay is this over because he kind of wanted to go out and do something that night and i was like yeah yeah we're going and sharon's like we're fighting in the parking lot we're, yeah. <laughs> no. we're like we're brawling right and lauren lauren's little well i mean i'm not that much bigger but look, like five foot one or whatever and we were like we're brawling lauren <laughs> my boyfriend's like what is happening i'm like i don't know i'll i'll go fight these people i'll be back in a second I'll call you later. <laughs> like, take my steps to the car. We didn't actually yeah. brawl. We, we didn't actually ju- brawl. Yeah. We jawed it up and then we, everybody just hopped in their car and headed home to their children. But it's right? still yeah. one of my favorite, it was still one of my favorite memories. I know. Like leaving and you're like, don't go anywhere. We're fighting these people. We're fighting. <laughs> we're fighting. <laughs> oh man. It was, yeah. Good memories. Okay. So it's we're good memories. We're at the end. Now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to, I don't want to be though, Carol. I know no, this is so good. We'll have to do part two next okay. next season. I'm texting okay. OJ right now telling her we're talking about it. <laughs> okay. uh, so we are, this season we've uh, spoken about reinventing 
yourself. So have you done that? What does that mean to you? And yeah, just talk about it. I know, I know you already have, but just say it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think for me, uh, the reinventing started when I started working Mm -hmm. because I was a different person. And when I went to work, I had to become a different person because I got myself in trouble the first couple of years from the point of view that I was too nice. I I never said no to anybody. I had a hard time um, saying no to inmates, you know, and it was actually an inmate who saved my career because I was, I was starting to think that I was maybe not cut out for this. And he, I was working in uh, an area where the kitchen guys come out and he was coming out and he wasn't supposed to be coming out. And I said to him, where are you going? And he just looked at me and he kept walking. And I said, Hey, Hey, like, where are you going? And my heart is beating a thousand miles a minute. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm going home. What are you going to do about it? And I just, I just stood there and I looked at him and he, he gave a little, and he said to me, you are too soft for this job. Oh, wow. And he turned and he walked away from me. And I, I stood there and it's not very often that you have a moment in your life that changes everything. Mm-hmm. That moment literally saved my career because I did not have a choice. I had to work. And this was the only job that I could work at for the money and the pen- pension and the benefits. And I knew that I had to stay there. But I also knew that I had to change how I, how I was if I was going to function there. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, when things would happen, I would think of that and I would screw up my courage and I would say, no, you can't go there. Yeah. <laughs> and I would, I would do what I was supposed to do. And little by little, it becomes normal. It becomes, yeah. and, and, you know, within a few years, it's like, where the fuck do you think you're going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get your ass back yeah. here now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's you know, a confidence thing, right? You have absolutely. to, every time you do it and someone doesn't kill you, you're like, okay, good. I can do this. Yeah. Again. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, you know, and, and then, so every, <laughs> every day that I went there, I reinvented myself. I became yes. this different person and, and I was a different person when I worked there. In fact, um, I had a, an incident where I went, I got dressed for a midnight shift and I went to my friend's house cause we were practicing for something or other singing, practicing. And I, I walked in in my uniform. She had never seen me in my uniform. And she looked at me and she said, Oh, that's different. Okay. So we went and pretty soon she looked at me and she said, do you know how different you are when you're wearing that? And I said to her, what do you mean? And she said, you're different. You just, you walk straighter, you talk, uh, more, not harsh, but with more confidence. Mm -hmm. She said, you're different when you wear your uniform. Mm -hmm. And so I think that for women in particular, I think we do, when we cross that threshold to go there, we have to be maybe somebody that we're not mm-hmm. on a normal basis. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. I think that also as time goes on, you become more of that person than, than of the other person that you were, yes. right? Because it just is who you are. And you spend um, a lot of time doing, playing that right. role, right? And it's, yes. and it, and it's a I role that, that. 
Yeah. And it's a role that you fall back into. Like, okay, today I'm in my house. I'm not doing anything. It's all fine and good. I get dressed. I go for a walk. I see a guy that looks a little scuzzy. All of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm back where I was. It's like threat at three o'clock. Okay. (laughs) He's coming towards me. Where are my escape routes? Is there anybody else around him? And he passes by, he says, good day. You know, he says, hi. And I'm hi. like, Oh, and I'm going, hi. Okay. Hey, yeah. Okay. Survived another, you know, another threat. And I'm, and I kept thinking to my, when this first started happening after I retired, I was like, I'm cracked in the head, man. Like, this is not normal. This is not normal. And you know, I have friends that obviously are not in corrections and they're, they're, you know, maybe a little bit older and they're a bit naive to what's going on in the world. And I went for a walk with one of them not that long ago. And, and she is sweetest woman in the world, but oblivious to her surroundings, oblivious. And I'm like, okay, I would like a little bit of her and a little bit of me yes. <laughs> where, where I'm not always on this, this like hyper, you yeah. know, sensitive, what's going on around me. Who's, who's the threat around me. Um, and it's, it's even in church, you know, somebody walks in and we face the back because we're in the choir and we sit at the front. And one time this drunk guy walked in while I was like, I was ready to come out of my chair. Mm-hmm. And nobody, my, my, my co-singer <laughs> didn't even see him <laughs> she, after church. Somebody said, Oh, what about that guy? And, and she's like, who, who was that? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, man. He was, wrong. he was right there. He was a threat. <laughs> and, you know? So I, I find that after about a year and a half, I'm a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit more, you know, out of the, the, the habit, I don't know if it's a habit, but, um, but I don't ever want to lose it completely because I think it's, it's important to be aware of where you are and who's around you and and all that. Mm -hmm. But I think that we, we are way more, you know, well, I don't want to use the word judgmental, but we are way more aware Mm -hmm. of what's around us Mm -hmm. than people. And so I guess I'm reinventing myself again Yes. Because I'm trying to be more of a normal person <laughs> than I was before. <laughs> Are we all? Are we all just trying to be freaking normal yeah. again? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. I'm here to just say, like, we've been out for how long, Lauren? That hypervigilance. <laughs> It doesn't change. Like it's still there. Yeah. It's well it's because you're aware there. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And Sharon yeah. and I in the mall together are like, yeah, we like, did do so the mall. <laughs> like, we're just like, at three o'clock. Okay. At three o'clock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I already saw it. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm already don't moving worry. over this way. I'm on yeah. it. Right. <laughs> I got you. I got your back, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. So I'm, I'm ready to fight if you are. Yeah. I am. <laughs> let's put down our gap bags and let's ramble, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my yep. god oh my god so, well, this has oh, been Carol. this is so, awesome yeah yeah your daughter was so right you have your you're good <laughs> shit so yeah this amazing. is great we really appreciate you yeah. coming on and sharing your stories with us and um oh well it's been my pleasure yeah so cool fun. cool well we'll have you back again for sure I'm yeah sure for sure okay there's more <laughs> to me know. know yes there is 25 years worth of more yeah, yeah. Right? You're good to, we'll, just, we'll just put you on every day for the next couple of months <laughs> uh, well thanks again okay. Carol, thank you so okay we thank you girls <laughs> okay take care take care well that's all for this episode thanks so much for listening you can find us on instagram at from uniforms to unicorns 
uh, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Speaker, all of those. Also feel free to subscribe. You'll be notified of new episodes that come out and we always love a review. Also feel free to share with anybody you think would enjoy. We also want to send a big thank you to Jamie Green for being our podcast editor and to Jeff Bale at Third Hell Music for our soundtrack. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day. Love, Lauren and Sharon.